0: I'm Alexander Hefner, your host on The Open Mind. You're listening to our podcast edition of the program. I'm delighted to welcome Elena Treen to our broadcast today. Uh, She is White House reporter for Axios and the co-author of the weekly Axios sneak peek newsletter, which covers the Trump administration, Congress, and elections. Elena, thanks so much for your time today.
1: Yes, thank you for having me on.
0: Elena, did you ever think when you dreamed of becoming a White House correspondent, uh, as you are today, that you would be covering a biocontainment, uh, <laughs> a biocontainment facility, if you will.
1: Uh, no, definitely not. I, um, and I was actually at the White House just this past weekend. Um, and no, not at all. I mean, you don't really think, I mean, quite literally, I think reporters right now who are covering the White House are in some ways putting their lives in jeopardy. Same with Capitol Hill um, by going up there every day. And, you know, at the White House, at least people are getting uh, regularly tested if they have access to the president. They don't necessarily on Capitol Hill. So it's been a very interesting few weeks um, and a scary few weeks. But I think everyone's just doing their best to be as safe as possible, follow protocols and you know, do our jobs as reporters and try to find the news.
0: And I asked you this offline, uh, but now that you're on, you're feeling well, what precautions are you taking for your safety, uh, knowing that you are valiantly covering this story, which requires you to sacrifice um, at at least some measure of health security?
1: Right. well, obviously always wearing a mask, trying to socially distance as often as possible. Even when I have to take a drink of water, I try to go outside. Um, if I'm gonna be removing my mask at, all, eat my meals outside. Um, I actually having been at the White House recently and uh, Press Secretary Kelly McEnany subsequently testing and some of their top aides, I am currently quarantining, um, really just out of an abundance of caution. I feel totally great. I feel fine, I'm sure. Um, I am COVID free, but I'll probably get tested later this week. And I think all reporters who are in close contact with anyone, um, you know, on Capitol Hill after the outbreak that we've seen from many senators and on the Republican side, and then anyone who's been covering the white house in these past few weeks are all trying to get regularly tested just to make sure that we're not going to contribute to any sort of outbreak or further outbreak within Washington, DC right now.
0: Since the president was treated at Walter Reed, and discharged uh, and has returned to the White House. What protocols have changed since you've been on this beat for weeks? Um, Mm -hmm. How has the screening, uh, how has the security apparatus changed if it has at all uh, since his diagnosis and treatment? It really
1: hasn't changed much, Alex. I know, and I, this was one of the first questions I asked uh, the communications team at the White House. Now that the president and others have tested positive, are you going to be changing any of your safety protocols? Um, and they said, no, they've really, I mean, they've always regularly tested anybody that has gotten come into close contact with the president. So anytime there are reporters who are part of the pool that follows the president's every movement, they get tested every day. Um, Others on the complex are just do have randomized testing. Um, But a lot of officials, I'd say probably the biggest difference is a lot of the White House officials wouldn't wear masks or socially distance um, even though it's recommended by the CDC. But in the days since the president has tested positive, more officials are wearing mask and trying to be better about socially distancing whereas before it wasn't really happening on the white house complex reporters always wearing masks um trying to socially distance but not very much so with the white house i do think that there is um more intense cleaning we've seen uh some people walk around um part of the cleaning staff in full hazmat suits going through the briefing room you didn't really see that prior to the outbreak but i mean not from a from a normal standpoint, no, their answer is that they haven't really changed their safety protocols.
0: And given that history and what you would expect to be for these next months or into a potential second Trump term, continued coverage of the White House, this may have longer term ramifications for the pool reporters, right?
1: It will. I think, um, I mean, a lot, many people were exposed. I think a lot of people are looking at that event with uh, with Amy Coney Barrett, the White House's, or the president's nominee for the Supreme Court, um, as one of those super spreader events. And since then, um, at least three journalists have tested positive. And I think looking forward, um, yes, journalists are gonna have to continue to try to do everything they can to protect themselves and not be reliant on the White House or the administration to take care of our safety um, first. I think that it's something that is incumbent upon journalists ourselves to um, make sure if we want to go to the White House and we want to have an N95 mask, that means we have to bring it. If we want to be good about eating outdoors, like that's incumbent upon us. There's a lot of protections in place that we need to, um, you know, if we want to have our protective goggles or gear or anything like that, uh, special wipes, that's all upon journalists to do and not really the White House, or at least we haven't seen the White House helping out with that as much. So, it, and it will change our coverage. I think once the president goes back on the road um, on his campaign draw, the campaign says they want to get him out as soon as possible, as soon as he's cleared by his physician. So everyone just needs to be very vigilant on an individual basis. You,
0: you say that you anticipate the president being back on the road. And, and that, of course, is the hope of, of the campaign. And they are promoting that he is a quote unquote warrior who will be back on the campaign trail. But in all seriousness, Elena, there is doubt about the veracity of of what has been put forward by the medical professionals at Walter Reed in terms of the nature of his diagnosis, um, the facts about when it occurred. Um, it, It seems like the American people are not trusting what they're getting from The primary doctor who's been explaining or attempting to explain the diagnosis and subsequent uh, reporting of of his condition. Um, Is there anything that we could do or that you and your colleagues on the BEAT are able to do to try to clarify further the timeline and the nature of his uh, symptomatic uh, activity and, you know, when and if, he has cleared that there can be real clarity on that?
1: Uh, Yes, I think one of the most frustrating things right now as a reporter covering this is the lack of transparency from the White House. I think um, one of the biggest questions that, many of my colleagues as well as myself have been asking is when was the last time the president tested negative because that's a huge deal yes they say that the first time he tested positive was after he had returned from his Thursday trip to Bedminster but when was he first negative was it around the debate was it before that Um, these are all important questions to know not only for the American people to understand, but also I think for journalists and people close to the president who might've been in his vicinity to understand so that they can do proper contact tracing and see if they need to um, quarantine. I also think that, um, and I asked this question of the president's physician, Dr. Conley on Sunday, I asked him, who can we believe? You came out and said on Saturday that the president was doing extremely well. Minutes after you wrapped your briefing, the White House chief of staff, Mark Meadows said, that he hadn't been doing well twenty hours, in the 24 hours before and that the next 48 hours would be crucial to determining his condition. Um, so really just completely contradicting messages. And so that I think has been a very frustrating process with trying to understand this timeline. And again, it's much more than just the president. It's, I mean, everyone is hoping that the president um, recovers quickly and, um, you know, pulls through as healthy as possible. But there's others, I mean, we've seen several people within the White House and the president's campaign and his debate prep team that have tested positive. Many others who were flying with the president on Air Force One, as well as Hope Hicks last week, number of people that may have been exposed that might not know or might have gone to a coffee shop when they landed off Air Force One and grabbed a coffee, all of these things. And so the timeline is very important. And I think it will continue to be important because the, who the president surrounds himself will be the same uh, next week versus before he left. And so we. everyone wants to make sure that they're not putting others close to the present, the president's family, the president's team in danger, but also worrying about themselves, of
0: course, as well. G- given what you're describing and the lack of transparency, um, have you and your colleagues discussed the possibility um, that this was motivated by something other than his diagnosis and and his treatment, um, given some of the peculiarities around um, the symptoms and the rather abrupt um, movement to Walter Reed, and then the abrupt mm-hmm. um, discharge, um, is is it fair to consider the possibility um, that you know? he may or may not have acquired, contracted the illness, but there's really not enough tangible medical evidence to know if in fact he did.
1: Mm -hmm. Right, I do think that they likely I mean, definitely have more answers than we do right now and are withholding certain information. And of course, with any White House, a president is protective of his image. And, um, you know, there's certain politics to how decisions are made. I would argue that President Trump, um, beyond any past president, is obsessed with his image. And his White House is very much. Um, you know there to help protect that image for him, and so there could be some of those factors I, again. I think that their refusal to answer the timeline about when he last tested negative, something that they definitely have, um, as well as definitive numbers of who else within the White House complex or who were close to the president have tested positive, those are numbers that they're not giving. Um, timelines about I understand how there's certain personal medical information that is individual to anyone, including the president, and it's his rights to protect that information. But there are questions, I think, that could easily be answered that should be answered, um, that they aren't. And so I think it's hard to think of the political motivations, because, um, you know, as a journalist, I, I try not to speculate, it's not my job to do that. But there are a lot of, I think that the fact that they aren't revealing some of these very simple things that they could reveal to journalists, to people who were um, around the president at the time is very telling um, regarding that idea of withholding information for some sort of reason.
0: With withholding information for the reason that we, they want to project an image of health. Um, once the super spreading event occurred, and um, Jennifer Jacobs reported about Hicks' diagnosis and condition. Is there any TikTok you have on what occurred subsequently?
1: Yes, so um, the president went to a rally in Minnesota Wednesday evening. Um, Hope Hicks, one of his closest advisors, um, tested well, so prior to the trip, she flew on Air Force One. Um, on the way back, she started to feel unwell. Um, and so she quarantined on Air Force One on the way back. Um, and it was later revealed that she had tested positive for the virus. Thursday, um, and this is where the timeline's interesting, we, we saw Press Secretary Kelly McEnany give a briefing Thursday morning around 11.30 a.m. to the press not wearing a mask. She says that she had not been informed that Hope Hicks had tested positive, which she had prior to the briefing. She said she only learned about that afterward. Um, Despite that and despite um, many of these officials having come into contact with both Hope as well as Hope having come into contact with the president, the president still took off on knowing one and then flew to New Jersey uh, where he had a a fundraiser Thursday night with donors in Bedminster and then flew back to the White House Thursday evening. Um, All of these interactions, journalists were on the plane, several aides were on the plane. um, And upon arriving back in D.C. or sometime after the Bedminster trip, whether it was before getting back on Air Force One or after he landed at the White House, um, the president's team says that's when he first tested positive. And then of course Thursday night we learned that's when the media learned about Hope Hicks's diagnosis because a journalist not the White House itself came out and was able to report on that story and that's kind of where everything started to really come to light into the public sphere we saw the president go on Sean Hannity's show and say that he was getting tested and both first lady was getting tested. And then 1 a.m. Friday morning is when we found out that he had tested, him and the first lady had tested positive for the
0: virus. Know, so that's what
1: we know of.
0: Do we know anything more specific about the timeline in those intervening hours leading to the Hannity appearance and then the subsequent Twitter disclosure? Mm-hmm. Do we know
1: anything? Well, not, I mean, we know from my conversation, there's nothing um, on the record really from that intervening time, and the White House hasn't been very forthcoming um, with, you know, exa- the TikTok of this. I remember I asked his team on Sunday when I was at the White House, and they said we're not going to provide a TikTok of what happened. It's the same thing the White House chief of staff has said, the same thing that the president's physician said. But from my conversations with officials. Um, They are very frustrated. Only a very small circle of people have actually been alerted. I think um, even people who had traveled with the president to New Jersey not all of them were alerted that Hope Hicks had tested positive. And these are all things that raised a lot of alarm bells um, among people who work close to the present who work in the West Wing. Um, I got a ton and so as my colleague, Jonathan, we both cover the White House together. We got a ton of text messages and phone calls of officials who were very frustrated with the way that this was handled because again, they could have been exposed. And I think for them to withhold information from people like that who, um, you know, it, it is being a bit reckless, I'd argue. And I think that's what, and it is what they argue. They, they think that the White House is being reckless with the way that they communicated this both uh, publicly, but also internally to staff.
0: What can you tell us about the symptomatology outside of the president himself in terms of the people who acquired the virus from the super spreading Coney announcement um, and, and so now that list includes not only Hicks, not only the press secretary, um, Stephen Miller. Um, we know, you know that there is some visible evidence of the president gasping for air, returning to the White House and not clearly having you know, all, of, all of his health restored. What do we know about the other people who tested positive and how they're doing?
1: So one person who tested positive, who um, Axios has spoken with is Michael Shear, a New York Times reporter who had covered the event on Saturday in the Rose Garden where several people had tested positive um, and later flew around the president on Air Force One. He said he's since given it to his wife. Um, He's quarantining, he's struggling with that. So he's one of those three reporters. We know that um, at least three Republican senators have tested positive, two of whom sit on the Senate Judiciary Committee, which is the committee that will be running the hearings, um, the confirmation hearings for Amy Coney Barrett's Supreme Court nomination. Um, And beyond that, we've seen the president of Notre Dame, the University of Notre Dame, excuse me, um, of course, where Amy Coney Barrett went to school and um, several other press aides who work for press secretary Kelly McEnany come um, contract the virus. So Chris Christie, he was part of the president's debate prep. Um, He was also traveling with the president the week or uh, in the days prior to the president testing positive, so a number of people within that inner circle and from that Saturday event.
0: What about their symptoms? Um, oh, I'm sorry. No, no, but you you're not expected to to be their doctor, but it, it's important amidst this national emergency and pandemic. no,
1: completely. The, um, I'm oh, sorry. I was going to say I think a lot of them, you know, didn't they were asymptomatic. I think it's a huge you know, it, it's honestly what's happening with this White House and that's a, that Saturday event is almost like a case study for the rest of the country to see how you can trace a lot of this back to one event, even if you're not immediately showing symptoms or not feeling well. Um, I'll say Kaylee McEnany, for example, she said that she had been regularly tested um, I think she mentioned said every single day since the president had tested positive. She was still on the White House complex. She was still going to work. She spoke to us um, the press on Sunday without wearing a mask and said she felt fine. Monday morning, she received a positive test. So that's just one example. A lot of people who probably had had the virus several days for several days not knowing, still returning to work, still being involved um, and then later contracting it, and of course, in the meantime, potentially affecting others. So, and I think that's the same for a lot of how it went. I know Governor Christie, I had been talking with him um, in the days following the debate. He had no idea that he could have had it. Um, didn't expect to have it. He texted me the day before he tested positive and said that he was feeling great. And then the next day, Got a positive test result and ended up having to go to the hospital because he uh, battles with severe asthma. And so, um, just uh, I think a lot of a lot of these people don't have symptoms but do have the virus. And it's it's important for people to recognize that you might not think that you're sick, but you are.
0: Do we know of the people who contracted COVID who has had the most serious symptoms outside of the president? Clearly. The story is that he was hospitalized and did experience severe symptoms. Do we have reports of any other people uh, who acquired the virus as a result of the super spreading event uh, who have had equally severe symptoms?
1: Um, That's a great question. I honestly am not as well. I, I, I haven't seen or been told by any of my sources or anyone who's close to the several people who have since tested positive of anyone having to go to the hospital or um, have severe treatment other than I mentioned Governor Christie, who went out of um, abundance of caution given his history um, with pre-existing conditions. But apart from that, I I don't think anyone has had to receive oxygen. I could be wrong. I don't want to say something um, if I, without checking properly, but I, I don't believe anyone's had it um, terribly that they've landed in the ICU or anything like that.
0: According to some scientists, there are different strains, uh, and the evolution of the strain can sometimes uh, give folks an indication of the severity of the disease as it will infect a, a population. And but this, the White House has refused the CDC's assistance in what would be analyzing the symptoms of those. Uh, the trail, the contact tracing and the the virus itself, which would Mm -hmm. potentially give insight for the president's medical team into the best way to treat him. But um, I I would urge you (laughs) as just a closing thought um, to maybe inquire about the strain that infected the white house because Mm -hmm. the people infected, you know, in the entire story are kind of riding on the infectiousness and the severity of the strain, and um, I, I, I wonder if you've asked that or you would consider asking that just as a final question to you.
1: Right. No, it is a question that my colleagues and I have asked about, um, in addition to other things, about how it, it's affected his lungs and things along those lines. But the strain, I agree, is is very important. Um, we did see the president, uh, the president's physician, release a memo today saying that they've found um, I think it was they took his levels yesterday and found levels of um, SARS covid 2 IgG I, I that's the way it's written out um, antibodies and that that's the type of antibodies that are now showing up in the president's system which weren't detectable when um, they first took his levels on Thursday after he had at least after the White House said he had first tested positive. So, um, if that's any indication, I'm not a doctor, so I'd have to figure out more about what that means. But I do agree. I think that knowing the strain, recognizing what type of strain is being released, and I mean, we saw Monday. Not to say that it's a direct link, but I, I would be very surprised if there wasn't any link between a spiking cases Monday. Um, it was, a, I believe, 105 new cases in DC, the most new cases on a single day since June um, during the pandemic. And so it's important to know all of these facts to be able to trace properly, to be able to understand what type of virus um, or specific type of the coronavirus is spreading so that everyone who has been around the president, who is going home, who has been at restaurants can properly figure out what they need to do to make sure that people being are safe um, and smart about handling this outbreak as possible.
0: Elena Train, White House correspondent for Axios. Thanks so much for your insight today and stay safe.
1: Thank you for having me, Alex.